Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. I love when uh, listeners write, whether it's to praise a portion of what we're doing or if it's to question uh, or in some cases to complain. I've got a note the other day from a listener who was apparently unhappy, although it wasn't clear if she was expressing her own unhappiness or that of uh, somebody she'd been talking to. But the complaint was that uh, we've been playing, that is, Ave Maria Radio has been, quote, playing nice with the USCCB. Now, you have to ask yourself, what, what, what could that actually mean? I mean, for the record, for those of you who haven't heard me say this before, we received no financial support from any bishop or diocese. When I decided to go ahead with Ave Maria Radio, we didn't go to the bishops to ask permission. Uh, we knew that Christ had called us to do this, and we knew that if in some way uh, we got off track, uh, bishops would let us know. Uh, we got the moral support uh, later of our local bishops, and we retain it to this day. And I think it's because it's always been clear that our primary interest was to be an echo chamber for the teaching authority of the church. Uh, you know, we want to reinforce the teaching of the catechism. In some ways, it's, it's pretty simple. But it's amazing to me how many Catholics have chosen at this time to believe the worst about fellow Catholics simply because they disagree with them on certain prudential or political matters, not doctrinal matters now, you know, not matters of uh, dogmatic certainty, but on areas of uh, human uh, evaluation. Uh, you know, I know from long experience that many times accusations are, in fact, made in ignorance. People don't really know, they suspect. Uh, but I also know that there are accusations out there from people that want to create discord. They want to tarnish reputations. They want to bring people down. And there are others who simply want to increase social media traffic. And they're not overly scrupulous as long as they can get a response. I don't think I've ever spent time making this point. Not all of the work of our hosts in serving Christ in the church, is done in the public eye. Enough of it is, uh, but I, I, I want to stress that every one of our hosts at Ave Maria Radio uh, are involved serving the body of Christ in many ways, way beyond their presence here on the air. But they don't, again, they don't trumpet those things. Uh, so let me go over a few, few things that I, I would think you'd know, but you might not know. We have regularly been calling on each bishop to withhold Holy Communion from public officials who are unrepentant in their support for abortion rights. And we're doing it again this week at the annual USCCB Assembly in Baltimore. Uh, I did it yesterday with Matthew Bunsen. Uh, last week, we had Bill Donahue of the Catholic League for Religious and Civil Rights show up and say that Homosexual priests have been responsible for 80% of sexual abuse cases. Uh, he's been saying that on this program for the last three years. Uh, but I, I actually received an email from a listener accusing Bill of covering up the truth about homosexuality and the abuse crisis. Um, I, you wonder sometimes what people have heard. Uh, today, I'm going to talk with sociologist Mark Rignaris 
from the University of Texas at Austin, sociologist who's been studying the high degree of uh, prevalence of homosexuality among Catholic priests. And we do report on various cases of corrupt clergy. That's not our beat, so to speak, but cases, some cases are really instructive and worth a wide hearing. So, for instance, you might remember Ron Vasek. Ron approached me a few years ago. He was being blackmailed by Bishop Hepner of Crookston, Minneapolis. Uh, I read his story, or Minnesota, excuse me. I read his story. I encouraged him to make his case. Uh, he came and did so on my program. Ron did get justice eventually. Bishop Hepner was removed, but not because of me. It was because of new protocols put in place by Pope Francis. Hepner came under the investigative jurisdiction of Archbishop Hebda, Archbishop Bernard Hebda. Uh, Hebda reviewed the evidence and removed Hepner. Now, I suppose I could have postured, beaten my chest, uh, claimed credit, huffed and puffed, and implied that I had something to do with removing Hepner, because after all, I was on Ron's side for a few years, and I don't know any other radio host who publicized his case. But it would have been a lie. Uh, St. Paul warns us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And laity, like myself, can scream all I want, but we don't ordain priests and we don't appoint bishops, and we are given no authority to remove them. To remove corrupt clergy, you have to work with good bishops. But you can't form alliances with good bishops if your primary message trashes the bishops as though they're all made from some corrupt stuff. People who make those false generalizations about the bishops usually have no responsibility or experience working in diocesan leadership, actually working with good bishops. You know, one news outlet actually had an editorial policy to never write approvingly of bishops. Now, this is self-defeating, and it ends up bearing false witness. There are good and effective bishops, and we can't purify the church without cooperating with good bishops. And anybody who suggests otherwise is pulling the wool over your eyes. Uh, I should point out, too, that those who make the most noise usually have no record of actually removing uh, corrupt priests. You know, think, think uh, ask yourself why the pillar with J.D. Flynn and Ed Condon. Why in less than a year did they manage to remove the highest-ranking uh, non-bishop working at the USCCB? That was Burrill. They did that without grandstanding. It was all done behind the scenes until they actually had it nailed down. And then they just released the story. So, you know, I, to me, this is stuff that happens, a lot of this happens behind the scenes, and maybe you're not aware of some of what's going on here. Um, you know, we had, uh, in the greater Detroit area, we had a group called Dignity USA who sponsored a mass that was tailored in some way for homosexuals, and apparently some di archdiocesan priests were uh, involved in it. Uh, that had been eliminated many years ago. Uh, when I learned it was up and running again, I wrote a letter to Archbishop Vigneron, followed up with a very brief face-to-face, -face, and I know others did too. Um, lay friends, uh, clergy friends, all talked to the archbishop or wrote the archbishop, and eventually uh, that mass was stopped. Now, did our... Uh, you know, protests play a role in the decision? I don't know. Uh, all I can say is this is something that was done behind the scenes. I don't think I've talked about it until 
today. In 2018, after the McCarrick conviction, I went to Baltimore to put a booklet compiled by Janet Smith into the hands of the bishops. It confronted the bishops with all that we knew at that time about the corrupt, uh, corrupt priests. Around the same time, I was part of an informal group of laity that had a hand in encouraging and accompanying two victims uh, to meet with their local bishop. In this case, it was Bishop Boyer of Lansing. He evaluated the complaints and removed the faculties of the two guilty priests. After that experience, Bishop Boyer created a lay advisory council, uh, which uh, com- handles and evaluates complaints of priestly misconduct. I was invited to join. And this group works with investigators, a lawyer, priest, victim assistant workers, and of course with victims when appropriate. The material is confidential, so I, I'm not going to, I can't tell you very much about it. But let me tell you, uh, good things are happening. The church is being purified because of work like this. Um, you know, I'm, earlier this week, I heard that one case that we had worked on was now being sent to Rome. Uh, again, I can't go into much detail on this. Got a call, uh, an email from a concerned mother uh, last weekend asking for assistance in this particular area. You know, handling these cases requires confidentiality, not showmanship, not virtue signaling. It's only the bishops who can remove corrupt clergy. And if you want to remove abusers, you must make your case to the bishop, not to your radio audience. Much as I love you, you're not going to be able to do it. Uh, Not to my readers. This is not a time for showboating or creating unnecessary drama or exaggerating the degree of corruption. It's time for hard evidence and testimony, not supposition or innuendo. And that's why I rarely mention what I'm doing behind the scenes, because, frankly, it would interfere with my uh, ability and effectiveness. And, of course, much of this work is beyond our principal mission here at Ave Maria Radio. Uh, Christ called us to do the work of catechesis and evangelization. We present the teaching of the church. That's what we do. And actually, the church teaches that the bishops are the successors of the apostles from the from paragraph 872 in the Catechism. The bishops have, by divine institution, taken the place of the apostles as pastors of the church, in such wise that whoever listens to them is listening to Christ, and whoever despises them despises Christ and him who sent Christ. Those are serious words, which don't lose their force just because some bishops uh, have been corrupt or um, incompetent. The USCCB is composed of very different men. Cardinal Supich forbade me to speak in his diocese. I tried to get a meeting with him to clear up any possible misunderstandings. He'd have none of it. I can only speculate what he was disturbed about. On the other hand, Archbishop Michael Burns is a friend who I've known since he was in seminary. I'd trust him with my life. Bishops are like people. They're they're not the same. Uh, Last year, I gave a talk on how to live as a John Paul II Catholic in a Pope Francis pontificate. Pretty provocative title. There were three bishops in the audience that day, and they all gave me encouraging words. Um, Again, the bishops range from Strickland, Conley, Coeur d'Alene, to Stowe and McElroy and Supich, and it's unjust and counterproductive to treat them as one undifferentiated block of dismal humanity. We don't treat our priests that way. We shouldn't treat our bishops that way either. We're not interested in playing softball or hardball. We're interested in telling the truth. 
and helping our listeners live stable, mature lives. St. Paul put it this way, Be no longer infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. Speak the truth in love. Grow up into Christ.